Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, welcome to Friday. Um, Hopefully you've had a good week, Um, whatever you've been doing this week, whether it's you know, work or vacation, spending time with family or friends, and, and hopefully you've been able to join us for this week and um, on the podcast and what you've heard has been a blessing to you. I know it's been a blessing to Kathy and I to talk with each other and to share the word with you. Um, so uh, today, and we're going to read Mark 8, not the whole chapter, but as part of our ongoing Bible reading plan as a, as a faith community here at Victory Point, we're uh, reading a chapter of Mark every day. I mean, I say every week, one chapter on Fridays. Um, and then we're uh, the sermon on Sunday is uh, being preached in that. So if you come to Victory Point this Sunday, um, Matt or whoever will be preaching on Sunday will be uh, speaking from Mark 8. Um, so it's just a, a great way for us to, as a body, read an entire book together. Um, but on, for the purpose of the podcast, uh, we're not going to read the entire book. Um, I asked Kathy to, as she read through Mark 8, to to pick a part of it that really spoke to her. Um, So we're going to focus just on Mark 8, 1 through 10 this morning. Uh, But if you could, you know, sometime today, if you haven't already, read the rest of Mark 8, too, because there's a lot, a lot in there, a lot of good things that could really just speak to you. So, um, Kathy, thank you for being willing again to join us this week, and thank you for picking this part of Mark for us. So uh, would you be willing to read that, and then we'll go from there. Yes. Jesus reads the four, feeds the 4,000. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also, and he told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present. And having sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmantha. So when I read this passage, I was thinking about, well, wow, so many things. God's providence how he said he had compassion i can't believe people were there three days actually yeah, right <laughs> it's like what there. where did yeah. they eat and sleep yeah. and my goodness yeah. on a hillside there there's more to that story yeah but um just how he uses us and he uses faithfulness and what do we have and what do we have that we can give to others and actually it reminded me of a story in which the lord was showing me um just when you give just the um, how he would still take care of me. Yeah. So I was at a um, church actually in Zealand that I was visiting one day. And then 
just as in many churches, they'll say, talk to the person near you. Mm -hmm. And I don't really recall, this was probably about eight years ago, whatever. Um, I don't recall if they gave us a certain topic about if there was any concerns we had or just to talk to the person. So I was talking to a woman and she um, was telling me many concerns right away. Just um, she needed money to buy dog food and she just moved to a different house and she just had a lot of concerns. And then, of course, so we talk and then we have the sermon. So during the sermon, I thought I felt like the Lord telling me to to help her. Well, then I didn't usually have much cash in my purse, yeah. but I was thinking, well, Lord, should I give her $20? Well, then I was thinking, well, you know, I actually do have a 50 and a 20, which mm-hmm. would be quite rare. But it's like, am I being um, cheap? Um, should I yeah. give should I give her 50? My answer was I should give her twenty dollars, not yeah. not the fifty. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the service, you know, we just were sitting with a few empty chairs between us. So then I just went and said, you know, I feel called to give you this with what you were sharing with me. Well, then when I got home, I had a I had a purse sitting there that I was going to donate, and I opened that purse. And there was a $20 bill in oh, that wow. purse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, that's why I was supposed to give 20 Yeah. Um, to remind me. Now, some of my daughters um, will know, I I do have a few purses, and I used to switch purses, and they were helping me, and they found money in all my purses. Okay. So um, I'm a little bit known for that. <laughs> okay. But I had no idea I still had money in that purse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was sitting on my ledge to donate. Yeah. So I just thought, okay, Lord, you are so clever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it makes me think of times that we found, you know, magic money. Jackie's doing laundry and pulls a $20 bill out of Jean's pocket. It's like, oh, we weren't planning on this. But um, yeah, well, and uh, it, I, that's a great story. And, and I love it. But as you're talking about, I made a direct connection to what we're talking about here. So they had seven loaves um, of bread. And when they were all done, they had seven baskets of bread left over. Right. Right. So God was saying, look, I, I'll take what you have and, you know, do what I need to with it. And then I'm still going to provide for you afterwards. Um, and and so that was kind of, you know, he, you felt called to give the $20. And then God said, all right, here's the $20 to replace that. So, um yeah, so thank you for, for that. That's why I thought that. seven loaves, seven baskets left. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, when I when I was reading through this, um, yeah, I, if, for, if, if you're not familiar with the flow of Mark, um, that a couple chapters before this, there's a story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, which is very similar to this. And, you know, they there's 5,000 people. Jesus has been preaching for a while. And, and Jesus said, okay, feed them. The disciples said they're hungry. And they're like, well, how can we feed them? Um, he said, what do you have? Well, there was a small boy who had, um, five loaves of bread and two fish. And so Jesus fed the, the people with that. There was 12 disciples. They had 12 baskets. After done, they picked up 12 baskets of bread. Um, and that might have been kind of got a Jesus saying, look, you know, you bring what you have and I'll I'll take care of it. And now you have to carry a basket home for not believing. But, but then this happens. And I'm thinking, okay, they say again, but we're in a remote place. Can anyone get enough bread to feed them? And 
I'm thinking, well, I could interpret that one of two ways. Maybe they're like, now that they know Jesus can do this, like, hey, well, where are we going to get, you know, right at this? We're so remote. What can we do? Knowing that Jesus has the power to do that. Um, I'm not sure if that's really how it went down. Um, and probably more so, so they're like, well, we can't do this. But they just saw him do that. You know, I don't know how much time passed from Mark 6 to Mark 8, but why why did they still have that question? Why did they not believe that he could still do it when he already proved that he could? Um, so again, that just, you know, that was something that, that just hit me. Like, it could be they're on, you know, they're like joking with them. Hey, you can do it. But, you know, why would they doubt when they already saw that? So I don't have an answer to that. But right. that just as I right. read that, no. I wrestled with that. So. Yeah. So do you have an answer for me? That's why I'm not just teasing. <laughs> I think it's great because that's yeah. the whole question for all of mm. us and everyone who's listening. Yeah. Just to reflect on what what does that mean to them? Yeah. Well, and I think um, that it might take us a while to fully understand things. You know, as a teacher, you know, when I when I talk to the kids about whatever, the distributive property, they don't necessarily get it the first time, the second time, the third time. Um, and I know as a teacher, mm-hmm. oftentimes I get very frustrated with that. It's like, come on. How many times do I have to say this? But Jesus doesn't get frustrated with them. He still provides for them and provides miracles. So maybe it's reassuring that um, we might not get things the first time when, when Jesus is trying to teach us a lesson. Um, we might not learn from where he provided in the past, but he's okay with that. And he will continue to provide for us and he'll reteach us that same lesson um, over and over again if, if we need it. So. Yeah. Well, and as you, we only read this portion. Yeah. But as you read through the rest of the chapter, there's obviously more discussion about faith yeah. and belief and just uh, the earthly meaning to this heavenly story or the yeah. <laughs> heavenly yeah. meaning to this earthly story. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, um, we didn't read this part of Mark, um, but it kind of ties back to what we were talking about um, earlier in the week. And um, it's verse 27. Um, Jesus says, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Well, actually, two different things. The one I was thinking of is that later on, Jesus predicts his own death. Um, and he tells people, he tells his disciples that he needs to, um, he, he's going to have to die. And Peter rebukes him um, and says, no, you, you shouldn't. And Jesus' response to Peter was, get behind me, Satan. Um, you don't have in mind the things God has, but the things of men. I think oftentimes um, this, Satan tries to get us to downplay um, what had to happen with Jesus. And we want to take away the badness of you know, the crucifixion. Um, but it's something that had to happen. Part of what Jesus, well, the main thing Jesus came to do was to take away that veil we talked about, to replace Moses's law with his eternal um, salvation and, you know, the the veil, uh, the, the radiance that never fades. Um, so he had to go to the cross. He had to die. Um, and for Peter to kind of get mad at him for saying that, I think that's, you know, Satan trying to get us to not focus on what really Jesus came here to do. So um, Mm -hmm. that's maybe just going on a tangent, but it kind of connected as I read that to what we've been talking earlier about Jesus's overall purpose. So um, is there anything as we kind of wrap up this week, is there anything that as that stuck out to you as we read, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, some themes or just some ideas that kind of 
you're resonating with as we wrap up this week? Well, one is just the intentional um, transformation and the intentional, again, the, that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and by yeah. the cross and going back to the holiness of the Lord and the cross yeah. and that, yeah, God sent his son to die for us and just, yeah. you know, that aspect to praise and worship, but also for us to really look at his power and how he gives us the Holy Spirit. So we should yeah. tap into it. Yes. And how we often might neglect to do that. Because I can think of, oh, this one decision that I made that I should have prayed more about that. That is one that if I would have prayed more, I think I might have made a different decision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, good. Well, thank you for sharing that. And again, Kathy, thank you so much for being willing to be used by the Holy Spirit in this way, by being a part of uh, the, the podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, it's been a blessing for me to to hear your stories. And it's reminded me personally of the the need to focus on the power of the Holy Spirit and not just kind of have that be the third part, you know, the, uh, of the Trinity. And, and so hopefully that was an encouragement to our listeners as well. Um, so those of you, as you are listening, as you go about your day, about your weekend, um, about the, you know, your life, I pray that you would remember that one, we have a God who loves you, who, um, wants to be in a personal relationship with you. Um, as we talked about earlier, he, uh, you call on him, he will listen to you. Um, and we have the, the very real gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, we're not doing this life on our own with God and Jesus up in heaven. The Holy Spirit is living uh, with us, in us, and just encourage you to be open to the power of the Spirit and doing what the Spirit has called you to do. So thank you for joining us this week. Kathy, thanks for joining us. And, My pleasure. Uh, yeah. And um Dwight will be back next week. I don't know who his guest will be, but um, tune in next week for Dwight Beal. Thanks very much. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.